Turn to Romans, please. Book of Romans, chapter 3. In Romans 3 and verse 3, it said, What if some did not believe? Shall their their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? And what's the answer? Next verse. God forbid. No way. No way, no how, we might say. What if some, verse 3, what if some didn't believe? Well, we know from the scriptures, some are not going to believe. No matter who preaches to them. How many think Jesus did a good job of preaching to people and teaching people? As best as it could be done. Did everybody believe him? No. Thousands of his own followers left him. Over that one sermon he preached. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. It was so bad that day. He looked at his staff. And said are y'all leaving too? And he didn't run after them. And say oh I'm sorry. I preached the wrong thing. Oh I'm sorry. No. He didn't even try to uh, explain it in a way that would. You know. Kowtow to them. The things he said actually made it worse. (laughs) As far as them jumping back on board. But it was a test. Because faith is not based on what you understand. One of the biggest tests of faith is when you don't understand. If they could have just stuck with him. What does that mean? What does that mean? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. That's crazy. That's nuts. What's he talking about? Cannibalism? I can't go along with this. Thousands of people did that and left. But the truth was, they were never really hooked to start with. This just showed it up. Because the ones that were really hooked, they were back next meeting. And they said, well, well, what did he mean by that? I don't know, but you know, he's been right about everything else. Just hang around. We'll find out. That's faith. Faith doesn't jump ship. Faith hangs in. Give God time. Don't quit him. Don't quit church. Don't quit prayer. Don't quit the Bible. Don't quit him. Stay with him. Give him some time. Give him some opportunity to show you what that meant. What's going on? And you'll find out. I'm convinced for the first several years after we get to heaven, we're going to be saying this. Oh, oh, that's why. Oh, no wonder. Oh, because down here, we just know in part and we're just seeing partially. But faith trusts him no matter what you see or don't see. What if some didn't believe? Well, some are not going to believe. But does that mean that faith in God and the faith of God is without effect? Does that mean faith doesn't work because some don't believe? God forbid. It doesn't mean any such of a thing. Faith works whether most of the planet doesn't believe it or not. Faith works whether most of the 
organized church world, believes it or not. Faith works. Somebody say, faith works. Faith, works. faith in God works every time. No matter what people think. Shall their unbelief, they're not believing Him, they're not getting results, doesn't change the truth that real faith in God works. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Timothy, the first chapter, and the fourth verse. 1 Timothy 1 and 4. He said, don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. There are a number of people that chase intellectual puzzles where the Bible is concerned. And the reason they do it is because of their pride. They like to think they are more intelligent than other people. And they're figuring stuff out that other people hadn't seen and don't know. But it requires a lot of in-depth research and calculations. <laughs> and they're just full of baloney. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. It ain't so. And what you see the fruit of it is more and more questions. People are scratching and they think it's a sign of intelligence because they ask these elaborate, complicated questions that they think nobody can answer. Because they're deep thinkers. That's just pride. No, you don't want that. You want something, not something that leaves you with a bunch of more questions. You want something that builds up your faith and edifies you. Read verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. He mentioned three things that kind of sum it all up. Love out of a pure heart. A good conscience and faith unfeigned. Now, faith unfeigned, unfeigned means not feigned, and feign means pretend. Pretend. Faith that is not pretend. Another translation says, faith which is not assumed but real. The message translation says, not counterfeit faith. The BBE and two or three others say true faith. Some others say genuine faith. The easy to read says faith in God that is real. So there is a false faith, a phony faith, and there is the real. And there are some people, too many. They got excited about faith, some even years ago, but they didn't get what they prayed for, and what they confessed didn't come to pass multiple times, and so they've become disillusioned with it all, and are looking for or have embraced a different message, something other than Faith in God, walking, living by faith. And the only other thing really that you can have is some version of 
It's all up to God. It's all up to him. Which means there's no responsibility on me. Everything's going to happen as he has preordained. Which is just simply not true. Jesus told people in his ministry, according to your faith, as you have believed, repeatedly. Our faith is the determining factor whether we're born again or not, saved or lost. And also, everything in life works that way. We didn't just get born again by faith, saved by faith. They just live by faith. They just walk by faith. We overcome by faith. We receive by faith. Please God by faith. But many have been disheartened and disillusioned because they confessed some things and confessed and confessed and it didn't happen. They prayed and prayed and prayed and it didn't happen. So they decided, you know, what they were calling faith didn't work. And they're right. What they call in faith doesn't work. Because it's not real faith. And all of us that have pursued this have made some mistakes. I'm not, I'm not speaking down about anybody. I've, I've made, Phyllis and I have made some whoppers. What we were calling faith. And, and then learn later, oops, that's not faith. But you don't quit. You don't give up. One of the first times Phyllis and I tried to step out in faith to believe for something was to believe for a car. We needed everything. But our little cars were old and and wore out. We needed at least one decent car. And uh, so we we had heard about faith and about God wanted you to have nice things and about sowing and reaping and about the prayer of agreement. Man, we got excited. We've known this all of three months. And uh, so we decided we're going to believe for a car. We need a car. And then we thought, well, you know, God's a big God. We believe for a good car. And then we thought, well, God's a big God. Why don't we just go on and believe for a new car? And then we thought, you know, well, God's a good God. Why don't they just go and believe for a nice new car? This is back in the 70s. So we went out looking for cars. Didn't have $20 between us. But we believe our father is well able. (laughs) What are you laughing about? (laughs) And we wound up at the Buick place. And they had a brand new shiny Buick Riviera sitting on the lot and we thought oh yeah yeah now that's a car this is back when a Buick was a Buick <laughs> and uh, we uh, we thought uh, yeah we just claim us one of these Buick Rivieras if any two of you agree it's touching anything you ask right. it'll be done for you so we, we, and we're standing there and the salesman came out and he said, uh, so you like this car? Oh yeah, yeah. You, you want to get it? Yeah, we're going to get it. How you going to, you know, how, how you want to pay for it? Our father's going to pay for it. Makes me want to hide my head now. 
Our fathers go, oh, that's clever. Yeah, that's. Somebody says, what's wrong with that? He doesn't think that, well, that's what we're talking about. Right, right, right. Somebody says, it's my testimony. No, aren't you being dumb? There's real faith, there's phony faith. Unless the Lord told you to tell them something like that, you don't need to be saying that. Because this guy didn't understand what we were talking about. He had no clue. All he's going to come away with is thinking we're weird. We're strange. And that's not a good witness. Our weirdness does not draw people to God. It's his goodness that draws people to God. (laughs) Just smile because I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about Phyllis and me. Yeah, we were bold. Yeah, our father's paying for it. Oh, okay. We'll have him come in. And uh, do do the paperwork. Yeah. So we we went back home. And we're confessing our new Buick. Thank you, Lord. We believe we receive our new Buick. And we heard somebody else do this. So we thought, well, that sounds good to us. We believe we receive it in 30 days. That's plenty of time for God to move. We believe we receive it in 30 days. Week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. We're in the last week. And uh, we're thinking, oh man, we're, clo- we're close now. It can't be over a day or two away. And in the last day of, man, every time the phone rang, we thought, oh, that could be it. Check the mail, no, nothing. And then this was the 30th day and we got off work. We came back home and... and uh, Nothing, nothing, 10 o'clock at night, nothing. Yeah, but there's still, there's still time, still a couple hours, you know, and 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 12.01, 12.30, 12.45, and we got to get up and go to work in the morning. Our feathers fail. You know what I mean by that? Let me tell you, our feathers fail. And we just didn't talk much about it the next day or the next. But thank God we weren't foolish enough to decide faith doesn't work. We figured we're new at this. We must have done something wrong. How many know that's the best place to look? When there's a problem, don't immediately look at God. First place to look is right here. And so, months passed, a couple of years passed. No new car, no Buick. And we wound up going to Raymond. And I was there for almost a year in school. And we're hearing about faith, wonderful ministry about faith. Brother Hagin himself and others. And several months into it, I was reminded of this car thing that Phyllis and I tried to believe for. And I thought, Lord, I need help because everything I'm hearing, it sounds to me like we were in faith. And yet we must not have been because it didn't work. So I need help. Show me what faith is. Why am I telling you all this? 
By the grace of God, we were able to keep going on, still believe in faith more than we ever have. But many people at that juncture, they quit. They're like, and the enemy comes and says, well, where was God? Where's your car? Didn't work. And because of pride, people go, well, you know, they assume I did everything right. God just let me down. How many know that is ignorant? I did everything right. God let me down? Wrong. Never that way. So I'm praying and I said, Lord, and immediately he started ministering to me. Oh, he wants to help us so much. We'll just listen. And he uh, he said, you were in faith. I was. We were. My next question is, where's my car? <laughs> if we're in faith. This has been a couple of years ago now. Still driving around these beaters. And I don't mean I heard a voice, but from inside me. Like he'll speak to any Christian if you listen to him. How many know you got the Holy Spirit inside you? He'll, he'll illuminate your mind. And it came out of my spirit to my mind. He said, for where you were, you asked big. Not big to God, but big for where. I mean, first thing we're going to believe for is a brand new car, everything paid for. Well, that isn't hard for God. But it was big for our faith. And he said, that's, that's great, that's fine. But if you ask big, you've got to be prepared to stand long. Didn't say you'd always have to, but you've got to be prepared to. If you ask big, must be prepared to stand long. So... Then he went on to say this. He said, what happened is you guys were believing just fine for 30 days. And then when a little mechanism on the wall with hands and numbers clicked a few times, you decided my word wasn't true anymore. And you quit expecting. And you quit believing. I saw it. I thought, dummy. Dummy. I'm kicking myself. I'm thinking... We could have been driving our Buick. (laughs) Dummy. And uh, he said to me, it's not too late. I thought, huh? Not too late? He said, not too late? No, he said, the word is incorruptible. There's no time limit on these things. It's not too late. He said, go back. And pick it up. I thought, can you do that? Can you do that? <laughs> Go back and pick it up. He said, do you remember how you and she were expecting? You were excited? Yeah, just go back and pick it up. Do it again. This time, don't set a date. Don't set a time. You just believe until. Man, I got excited. When I got home, I found Phyllis. I told her what the Lord told me. She got excited too. We released our faith. And we've got back in faith. And this time we didn't say 10 days, 30 days. We didn't say anything. We're expecting. We're expecting. And a year passed. Another year passed. Everybody say another year. year. But we didn't quit. One day she came in. She said, guess what? I said, what? She said, you know so-and-so businessman? I said, yeah. He said the Lord put it on his heart to buy us a car. Well, we knew he could. said, yeah. said, what kind? He said, any kind you want. (laughs) Is that right? 
So Jeff, I said, get your purse. Let's get your purse. Let's go. We went by this dealership. We went by that dealership. Guess where we wound up? You know, after several years, you're not even so much focused on that particular one anymore. And guess what was sitting in the showroom floor? It was wintertime. There was snow on the ground there in Tulsa. Guess what was sitting in the, on the showroom floor? Wire wheels, special top, special paint, extra chrome. It was a brand new Riviera. And it said sold. It had a big sign that said sold on it. It was the one in the, and we thought, oh man, that looks like the car. But it's sold. We said, well, you know, if, uh, if it turns out it's not, here's our number. Contact us. They contact us the next day. We drove it out of there. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I said all that to say this. What if we had stopped and that was the end of it and we're just disappointed? And so, well, see there, that confession stuff, that sowing stuff, sowing and reap, that's just a bunch of junk. That don't work. It just must all be up to God. Let's quit fooling with it. No, no, no. There's a lot of stuff people call faith, but it's not. Somebody say real faith. Genuine faith. True faith. Hallelujah. You know, 2 Timothy 1.5, just a, a little bit further past 1 Timothy there. He said, 2 Timothy 1.5, I remember, this is the new century, I remember your true faith. That faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother, uh, I know a lot of folks say Eunice, but some pronounce it Eunice. And I know that you now have that same faith. He said, true faith is in you. It was, it was in your grandmother, real faith. It was in your mother, real faith. Well, now, why is he saying that? Spirit of God saying that. Timothy saw this faith in his mother and in his grandmother. Paul saw this faith in Timothy's mother and grandmother. Somebody say, he saw it. it. What did he see? Real, true faith. Hebrews 11, 1, what does it say? Faith is what? Substance of things hoped for. The what? Evidence of things not seen. So faith is not seen. Yes, no? No. Faith, many have thought, well, faith, you can't see faith. That's not true. It's not that faith is not seen. Faith is the evidence of what's not seen. Faith is the proof of what is not seen. Faith can be seen. A lot of folks have thought, well, you know, well, you know, my faith is private between me and the Lord. And, and nobody, nobody knows. Well, that's just not true. If faith is in you, it will be evidenced through you. There will be evidence. Of course, nobody knows all the intimacies between you and the Father. But 
real faith shows up. Real faith is evidenced. Another word for evidence here, the word literally means proof. Faith is the proof of things not seen. It's not that faith is not seen. Faith is the proof of what is not seen. Go with me. Let me, let me give you some more scripture for this. Go with me over to the book of Mark. I believe it's chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Mark 2, 1. Jesus entered into Capernaum. After some days it was noised that he was in the house. Straightway many were gathered together in so much there was no room to receive them. Not so much as about the door. And he did what? Preached the word to them. And they come to him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. He was paralyzed. And so four people carried him. And when they could not come near to him for the press because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Now this is a, a lot of people would not have done this. There's a big crowd at the house, full on the inside, people all around the house, looking through the windows, looking through the door, out in the yard. So this man is paralyzed. He can't leave the house by himself. But his friends, four of them, why'd they come? They must have heard about the meetings. They must have heard about the healings. They must have heard about the miracles. So they hoist him up and haul him. I don't know how far they had to bring him, but it wouldn't have been easy. They get there. And before they get to the house, there's a crowd. You can't, you can't even get close to the house. They try to talk to some people in, in the room in the house. Any way we can get, we, we need to get our friend in there. He needs to be here. No, sorry. No, no, no. Everybody wants to get in. No. We can't even hear him out here. Sorry. Sorry. A lot of people, what would they have done? Come on, help me out. What would they have done? They would have gone home. Without. But the Bible said they looked down, they looked around, and finally they looked up. That's when you see the answer, huh, when you look up. And they thought, well, somebody said, there's nobody on top of the house. So, so... You thinking what I'm thinking? How I many know you need some friends like this guy had? I mean, these are good friends. Think we can get him up there, Joe? We got to get him up there, man. His healing's in there. How about Bob? It's okay if we turn you upside down, haul you up the wall, drop you down through the middle, and do what you got to do. I come to get my healing. You got it, bud. So they strapped him. They tied him. And they pushed through. And they found a corner. And they hoisted him up. How'd they do it? I don't know. Got him up on top of the house. So? So somebody must have brought him a little tool. Or a knife. Or something. They start prying shingles. 
And they made a hole. And they let him through. Now this would have disrupted what was going on inside, wouldn't it? Dust starts falling down. Chips start coming down. People are like, what is going on up there? Jesus just keeps preaching. Finally, daylight comes in. And here comes a guy they're letting down. He's smiling. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Right in the middle. (laughs) What happens? Come on, read it. And when what? When what? When what? Jesus did what? What did he do? He he saw their faith. Can you see faith? Yes, you can. Real faith. Real faith you can see. It's evidenced through word and deed. You don't drag somebody like that all over the country unless you believe something's going to happen. You don't let them as a sick person. You don't let them drag you all over the country and endure all of that. Unless you believe. You don't let somebody haul you up on the side of the house in your condition. You don't tear up somebody's house. (laughs) Unless what? Unless you really expect something's going to happen. Oh, somebody say something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something has happened. Hallelujah. You're expecting. You get in there. Something's going to take place. It's worth the effort. You're so persuaded. You're so convinced. You believe it so strongly. You will go to great lengths. Great expense. But if they just got to the house and saw the crowd and said, I'm sorry, man. We, we tried. Okay, well, I guess go back to the house. We tried. That don't mean a thing. You tried. No miracle in that. No healing in that. Jesus did what? Saw their faith. What did he see? Didn't you say he saw the man's faith? He saw their faith. That's all of them. That's the whole bunch. That's the four hauling him around, tearing off the roof, and that's the man, all of them, all five of them. He saw their faith. Somebody say he saw their faith. He he saw their faith. Faith is discernible. Faith has evidence. Go with me if you would to the book of James. James chapter 1. My uh, grandmother, sister... Lena Pearlmore of the first Pentecostal church there where I grew up. She had two major healings in her life wherein she would have died had she not been healed. One of them, she had cancer on her hand. And this would have been back in the, uh, ah, I guess this would have been in the 30s. And, uh, there weren't treatments like there are now. And they're country people way out in the sticks. And uh, she's praying. And they're believers. And believe in the Holy Spirit. Believe in healing. And she told my granddad. If y'all can get me. 
to brother, it was Brother Busby's meetings, which was like hour, two hours, well, I say two hours away today. Back then, on dirt roads and those old cars, it was a hard, in the wintertime, muddy, it was a hard journey and cold. She said, if y'all can get me to that meeting, I'll be healed. So they borrowed a car. Cars back then weren't what they are now. Rough, hard, slow. And they put her in the back. And they jostled her. And they shook her for a better part of a day. But they got to the meeting. Somebody said they got to the meeting. Hallelujah. And uh, she's sick, cancerous, and showed up there, had to wait, finally, in the healing line. So Brother Busby got there. She said when he stepped up to her, they were encompassed in light. Glory. Oh, glory to God. Said she couldn't see anything but light and him and her. And she said there were angels standing all around him. She left that place completely healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. I've seen case after case of people that were in Brother Oral Roberts healing meetings and, and many of the other healing evangelists of the time and, and the outstanding testimonies that you see were people that couldn't walk that brought their shoes. They bought a new pair of shoes and they brought them. They weren't just talking. They believed it so much. They went to the great effort and length to get there. They made preparation. They spent money. Why? You don't do that unless you believe something. You won't do that unless you're really expecting something. That's why it said Jesus saw their faith. Real faith, you can see. You can see the proof of it. You can see the evidence of it. False faith is empty talk. Big talk, but no action. You can't see phony faith. You can hear about it, but you won't see it. Real faith, you'll see it. You see proof of it. Evidence of it. James, where are you? Chapter 1 or 2? Go on to chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. James 2.14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? Now, this is King James, and that one word, works, has caused difficulty for a lot of people. Because when people hear that word, they associate it with the works of the law. And he's not talking about that at all. He's not talking about the works of the law or the works of keeping the law. He's not talking about that at all. And yes, this is written to Christians. Well, the first chapter said to the 12 tribes. Yeah, I know, because he and, and Peter and other ones were sent to minister to the Jews 
for converts and to build up the believers. Whereas Paul and others were sent to the Gentiles. But look at the beginning of chapter 2. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. You don't talk to non-believers like this. This is to believers. Jewish believers and others, but believers. And in uh, verse 14, he said, what does it profit, my brother, though a man say he had faith and have not works, can faith save him? The word works is also the same Greek word in the same New Testament is translated deeds. Deeds. Or we would say doings. What you do. It helps me to replace the word works with that phrase. Got nothing to do with the works of the law. Let me read it like that. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man says he has faith, but doesn't do anything? Can you see that? Can that faith save him? No, that's not real faith. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to him, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give him not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it doesn't do anything, is dead, being alone. Can you see this? Faith, if it's all talk and doesn't do anything, is not real faith. It's what the Bible calls dead faith. Well, that's a false faith. That's not real living faith. He gives an example. If you say, I believe in your needs being met. I believe in your needs being met. But you've got ability and the Lord deals with you to sow and give. And you don't give, but you say you believe it. That's not faith. Empty talk. Somebody said out loud, I'm not just a talker. I'm a doer. I have real faith. I'm not all talk. I'm not empty talk. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. There are many talkers. Oh, my word. Folks that will talk your ear off. Oh, they'll quote scriptures. They'll talk about their experiences and how long they prayed and how much they confessed. And, and when it comes time to do something, they got to go home. So it's not, there's no real faith there. It's just all talk. How many know if you really believe in praying, there comes a time we need to quit talk about praying and pray? Is that right? If you really believe in giving, there comes a time when you quit talking about giving and and give. Don't just talk about walking in love. Walk in love. Right? Many have thought all there was to being a Christian is come to church once in a while if you want to. Listen and go, amen, I went. And go, no. Everything we hear from the word of God, we need to be thinking, how's that going to change my life now? How do I implement that? What do I need to stop? What do I need to start? What do I need to change? How do I do this? Elsewise, there's no real faith. He keeps going. 
He said, faith, verse 17, if it doesn't do anything, it's dead, being alone. A man may say, you have faith, I have doing. Show me your faith without doing anything, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Can faith be seen? Can faith be shown? He said, show me your faith without doing anything. What's the answer to that? You can't. There's no real faith. He said, I will show you my faith by what I do. It's kind of like jumping off the, the diving board when you're a little kid. Daddy or mama's in the pool. Not that far, but to you it looks like a long ways. Never done it before. Daddy says, jump. You go, wait. (laughs) And if you're a faith child, you can say, Daddy, I believe in you. I believe you love me. I believe if you say you'll catch me, you will catch me. So jump. Daddy, I believe. (laughs) I, I, I believe you're faithful. And I trust you. And I'm just going to quote some more scriptures. Daddy said, jump. Daddy, I trust you. Okay, show it. Jump. Daddy, I believe. I really do. Do you? If you won't do anything but talk, what's reality? You don't believe. Faith can be seen. Faith can be shown. You don't have to talk a bunch. Just jump. Right? And everybody knows. He went on to say, Was not Abraham our father justified? Now, some people thought they had trouble because this is by works. He wasn't justified by the works of the flesh. He wasn't justified by keeping the works of the law. The very passage says, the very next verse, said Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. His his faith made him right in the eyes of God. His faith justified him, not the works of the law. Is everybody clear? He's not talking about the works of the law in this passage at all. What's he talking about though? The fact that real faith is accompanied by action every time. Abraham, our father, was justified by faith, yes, but also his faith was evidenced by what he did. When he offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar, you talk about an act of faith. Hebrews says Abraham was convinced That if he did sacrifice the boy, God would have to raise him from the dead. He was believing for the resurrection. You talk about faith. Verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought, or the Greek says worked together with what he did. Faith worked together with what he did. And by what he did was faith made Perfect. That word perfect means to bring to an end by completion. Hearing faith 
Believing you receive is the beginning of faith. But you've got to stay with it. The completion of faith is acting on what you say you believe. It's said that Brother Smith Wigglesworth, who had reportedly so many miracles in his life, sometimes he'd start a service just by pacing back and forth across the front saying, faith is a hat, faith is a hat, faith is a hat. Talking about act. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. The people you see that got healed and delivered in Jesus' ministry, did they just stay at the house and sing Kumbaya? The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd. Is that right? People made effort and they got there and they weren't deterred by what? Circumstances or religion thought, they pushed through, they reached out, they laid hold. Is that right? right? Not empty talk. Faith, action worked with his faith. And through what he did, his faith was brought to a completion. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by what you do, a man is justified and not by faith alone, faith that doesn't do anything. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot justified by what she did when she received the messengers and they sent them out another way. She was taking her life in her hands when she did that. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without doing anything is dead also. Hallelujah. Looking back over our few years of ministry here, everything we did where we saw a miracle of God, there was a point where you didn't know how it was going to work, you didn't know where it was going to come from, and you had to make a decision. Are we going to step out? Not knowing, not having, but the moment you did. You can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, but the moment you started doing it, oh my, the heavens opened up. Favor, provision, direction, light. Somebody say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm not just a talker. <laughs> I'm a doer of the Word of God. Now, one thing that helped me, and we'll close with this, I think, go to Hebrews, that every one of us need to observe. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 and 7. It said, remember them which have the rule over you. Now, that language is foreign to today's generation. Right? Because people read that and they think, ain't nobody got to rule over me. I'm American. I'm free. (laughs) Then you're working without a net. That's what the Lord told me. The Bible said when the Lord ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These gifts are not to lord it over God's people, but they're for protection. But you don't get the full benefit from them 
unless you submit yourself to the. That's not anybody making you do anything. You have to voluntarily submit yourself. What? Remember them that have the rule over you, who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. The Lord pointed this out to me recently. He said, you couldn't follow their faith if you couldn't see it. Well, you couldn't. You can't follow what you can't see. What are you seeing? Let me read some other translations. He said, uh, keep in mind, the BBE, keep in mind those who are over you, who gave you the word of God, seeing the outcome of their way of life and let your faith be like theirs, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Phyllis and I talk frequently, thank God, about the examples that we've had in our life. Brother Hagen Sr., Miss Aretha, the Copelands, Brother Kenneth, Miss Gloria Copeland, and others, they preach faith. But they don't just talk it. I said they don't just talk it. They live by faith when nobody sees them. Oh, hallelujah. They they step out by faith. They're practicing. Everybody's human. Everybody's made mistakes. I'm not trying to put somebody on a pedestal of infallibility. But does the Bible tell you to look at your rulers and not just what they're saying but the outcome, the results. So you shouldn't be following something that's all talk and no results. How can you follow something you can't see? There should be some results. You look at the outcome. You hear what people teach and what they preach. Then you should, that shouldn't be the end of it. You should be looking for the results. Right? And then when you see the teaching and preaching and acting on it and the results. Teaching and preaching, act on it, results. Teaching and preaching, act on it, results. Then you say, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to say that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have that. Hallelujah. And you're not just imitating them. It's become real to you. It's your faith. But. These living examples in front of us are vital. They're important. And one thing you can never catch up to people that have started decades before you is an experience. If they keep walking with God, they're always going to be, have a lot more experience than you. And you learn a lot of things through experience. Like I just told you, Phyllis and me, you know, acting kind of dumb with that car deal. Well, the reason I can talk to you about it is because been there, done that, didn't work. But the Lord helped us, got us straightened out, got back on track, and it worked. You don't want to do the part that didn't work. You want to do the part that worked. There's something better than learning from your own mistakes. Learning from other people's mistakes and not making them. True? Something better. Then learn it. Yeah, learn from your own mistakes, but that's school of hard knocks. Tuition's too high. 
<laughs> yeah, you can learn stuff that way, but man, it's costly. Hurts. No. Read it again. Remember them. The BBE says, keep in mind those who are over you. You need to be able to name people who are over you in the Lord. If it's not here, don't hang around here and waste time. Find where you fit. Keep in mind those who are over you and who gave you the word of God, not just that I believe what they preach. Seeing, everybody say seeing, seeing. Seeing the outcome of their way of life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Phyllis and I saw Brother Hagin and Miss Aretha. We saw them believe. Tuition didn't pay half of what it cost to run that school. And we saw them believe for that money every year. Where's it going to come from? How are you going to pay it? We saw them do it. We saw them believe for it. Saw them so far and believe for it. Thing after thing. Thing after thing. Thing after thing. I've seen Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria. You know, this recent thing that they've gone on the Dish Channel. That's a step of faith, my brother. You don't think so? We'll send you the bills. And, and brother, brother Kenneth is, what, 81 or or what, you know, whatever, he's right, right, right about 80. A lot of people at 80 are not looking to bite off one of the biggest things they've ever believed for. That's right. People are wanting to get comfortable, back off. A lot of folks were retired, you know, 15 years before that. When they called me and talked to me about somebody else that was involved, and said, we want you to pray about this. And I hung up the phone. I said, Brother Kenneth's got faith. He's got, I knew it, but he's got faith. He doesn't just preach faith. He does it. And when you do it, you see the miracles. Oh, glory to God. That's not just for Brother Hagen. It's not just for Brother Copeland. It's for you. Oh, somebody say me, me. I'm not just a talker. I'm not an empty talker. I'm not a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. There comes a point. It comes often in your life. You hear it, you hear it, you see it, you hear it, but there comes a point where it's time to quit talking, it's time to quit asking questions, and it's time to put her in gear. Amen. Put it in drive and press the pedal. Thank you, Lord. Right? Amen. And it's scary for the flesh. It's a bothersome to the unrenewed mind, but it's where the miracles are. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. It's where the miracles are. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's lift our hands. Let's thank the Lord for delivering us from every false idea, from every misconception, from every phony thing, and establishing us in the real, in the right, in the true. Oh, hallelujah. Father God, I pray over everyone under the sound of our voice this morning. Every one of us. Anything you showed us to do, anything you told us that we did not do, that we did not act on. Everybody said out loud, Father, forgive me. And I ask you to show me again. Remind me Confirm it in me. 
Show me how to act on it. And what to do. Anything I let go. Show me how to pick it back up. And this time not quit. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Oh just lift up your hands. And thank him in advance. Lord we thank you. Lord we thank you. Lord we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.